Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. We focus on Jesus, being like Him and glorifying Him, and aren't afraid to do so because we've gotten past the world's myopic notion that Jesus and the Bible are irrelevant to issues and life today. I'm Kevin Brownlee, and welcome to this first episode of the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast. We're just going to dive right in today and talk about improving your relationship with Jesus, what is prayer, and the four different types of prayer, and how those come together to answer the question, how do I pray continually? Like, Paul says we're supposed to do. I'm going to help you be an effective servant of Jesus, yet a comfortable and enjoyable Christian like a pair of blue jeans. One of the keys is to have a great relationship with God and with others. The Christian life is a relationship, not a religion. A religion is what you have to do to please God. But many folks don't realize that Jesus took care of that requirement on the cross. He already did that for you. What God wants, then, is a relationship with you and to help you have a good relationship with others. And you do that by praying effectively and correctly and reading His Word, the Bible. Did you catch how that works? You talk to God in prayer, and He talks to you when you read the Bible. Sometimes you do that together at the the same time. And that's when your relationship really becomes fun and enjoyable. I've been a Christian for over 50 years and still want to improve my relationship with Jesus. And I want to get to know God a little better. I want to know what he's like and how to relate to him and with him. And, you know, that's why Jesus came, is so that we can see what God is like and get to know him and have a relationship with God. So the key to having a relationship with God is getting to know Jesus, who is alive right now, sitting on the right hand of God. So yeah, Jesus came in the flesh and dealt with the issues and the temptations just like we do. So relating with Jesus is benefit. It's a benefit for us. And it's pretty awesome to be able to communicate with the creator and the sustainer of everything that exists. Prayer is having a conversation with God, and it's an incredible privilege. We glorify God when we come to him in prayer. Prayer is an essential part of a relationship with God. God loves to hear from us, and we Christians have this opportunity because of Jesus. See, on the cross, he removed the barrier of sin that prevented our direct communication with God. Up until a few thousand years ago, God sort of resided in a certain place in the temple called the Holy of Holies. There was a tall curtain around the Holy of Holies separating people from God, except for the high priest, who went in only once a year. Because God cannot be near sinful people, the curtain was a separation of protection. Isaiah 59.2 says, Our sins separate us from God, and only the high priest was allowed to communicate with God. Regular people could not. However, when Jesus died on the cross and satisfied 
the requirement that God had for the results of sin, God himself tore that curtain that was around the Holy of Holies. You can read about it in Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one. That curtain tore open from the top to the bottom, and it was really thick and really tall. When it tore from the top to the bottom, God did it. Because of Jesus Christ, we can now communicate with God whenever we want. Hebrews 10, 19-20 confirms this. God is no longer in the Holy of Holies, but he goes out and dwells with his people. The term is he's tabernacled among us. In essence, we have the ear of God through prayer. So we should use that privilege and opportunity every chance we get. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's fascinating. Since prior to Jesus, only a select few people could pray to God. And if ordinary people wanted to repent of sins or pray to God, they had to tell the priest who would do that for them once a year. So when Jesus' disciples saw him praying, they asked if they could and how. I'll tell you a little more on that in a little bit. One thing prayer does is it puts into perspective who we are and who God is. Because we are not like God and God is not like us. But yet he wants to have a relationship with us. God isn't a genie existing to give us our wishes but is the creator and sustainer of the universe, whom we serve. God isn't your servant. You are his. Prayer acknowledges God as God and the fact that we need him. A lack of prayer sends the message we don't need him and can succeed without him. Prayer sends the message we do need him and cannot succeed in the best way possible without him. Prayer has to become so important that it should become a major part of your life. Prayer had become so important to me in years past, and I really wanted to talk about it first in this first episode when I realized how important prayer was. Even to Jesus. He prayed. He prayed often, many times during tumultuous events, and even at the expense of sleep. In fact, when his disciples had an opportunity to ask Jesus a question, they didn't ask how he healed the sick, or how he healed the blind, or even how he raised people from the dead, or how he fed 5,000 people from a five biscuits and a couple little fish. No, they asked him how to teach them to pray. Prayer was super important to them, and it needs to be that important to us too. As a guy who likes to fix things and remodel homes, sometimes you just decide, you know what, there's so much wrong with this, I'm just going to tear it down and start over. Let's kind of do that with prayer. Let's just start over with what it is, including the four types of prayer. So I have found these four types of prayer, formal, ritual, flare, and spontaneous. And I've also found out that we should do all four of those every day. The first one is called a formal prayer. 
This is what Jesus taught us in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. When the disciples asked him how to pray, this is what he taught them. It's often called the Lord's Prayer, but I would like to call it the Disciples' Prayer because he taught them how to do it. It's not something to recite, to repetitively recite, because when he said this in Matthew 6, right before it, he says, don't be repeating things. Don't be repetitive. That's what the heathen do. So this is a pattern of how to pray because they asked him, how do we pray? So it's not about reciting that prayer, but using it as a blueprint or a pattern to follow with your own words. We begin by repenting of any sins. So we begin our formal prayer by mentioning to God that we know we screwed up and maybe even saying what those were. Now, I know that Jesus took care of all of our sins. He paid the penalty of our sins on the cross. So we don't have to worry about that. But it's good to tell God we know we messed up and we're sorry about it. And we'll do our best not to repeat it. Confessing our sins and asking for forgiveness from God is sort of like cleaning up the room before we invite him in for a chat. Then we may proceed in the manner Jesus laid out or at least something similar. This also includes intercessory prayer, which is where we pray for others as well as ourselves. Formal prayers usually take place when you're alone, with no interruptions, and preferably on your knees in humility and reverence to the Almighty God. Formal prayers generally take place in a quiet room. Or remember that movie, The War Room? I think that lady had a closet that she set up to do her formal prayers. Find a place where you can be alone and kneel before God and pray without any fear of people hearing you or interrupting you. I like to start my day with a formal prayer. I mean, really, as soon as I get up, I go downstairs and do my formal prayer. In the upcoming episode two, I'll get into more of the what's and the how's of formal praying. The next prayer type is called a ritual prayer. A ritual prayer is what we do at the beginning and the end of our church service or before we eat each meal. Psalm 55, 17 says to pray evening, morning, and at noon. So that must be where we get praying before a meal. Although it's also good to thank God for the bread and taking care of us. And we do that right before our meals. This prayer type typically centers on the task or event at hand and always includes gratitude to him. You know, like thanking him for the meal we're about to receive or thanking him that everybody came together for the church service. Or maybe we're done with the church service and so we say a quick prayer to help us remember what we learned and to use it throughout that week. That's called a ritual prayer. Sometimes a ritual prayer is something we do right before we fall asleep at night, say a quick prayer, but sometimes we doze off before we even get done with a prayer. Does anybody else do that? (laughs) Sometimes I do. Yeah, I feel bad about that. The next one is called a flare prayer. That's when something stressful or tragic occurs and you send up a flare prayer for quick help. Some examples are you suddenly can't remember the answer to question 12 on your final exam. Or you're driving downhill and your brakes fail. 
You start praying, God, please help. <laughs> or you see that trophy bull elk of your dreams on the final day of hunting season, and you only have one shot at him. Send up a flare prayer. Or you realize you're missing one ingredient in a recipe, and your dinner guests arrive in five minutes. <laughs> God, please help me to figure this out and make it taste good. Psalm fifty fifteen. God says we're to call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Remember to glorify him when he answers your prayer then too, okay? The next type of prayer I like to call spontaneous prayer. It's relating the things we see or do or hear relative to him as if he was a good friend spending the day with us, maybe even sitting right next to us. Examples of this include, Lord, I sure appreciate that sunrise. Or thank you, God, for letting me live amongst these beautiful mountains you created. Or maybe right before a dreaded phone call. Lord, please help me through this phone call. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul said to pray without ceasing. Have you ever wondered how to do that? Was that just a figure of speech or was he serious? I think he was serious. And I think that this is how you do it, using all four of these different types of prayers, especially the part about spontaneous prayer, just relating the events of the things of the day as if he were standing right next to you. That's part of building a relationship. See, prayer sets our minds on what really matters and forces us to focus on God and thank him and praise him and even worship him. Here's a good analogy of the relating things of the day to God. What if your best friend came and said, Dude, I'm going to spend the whole day with you today. I just want to see what your day is like and hang out with you. And so he did. He stayed right by you the whole time. And you talk to your friend the same amount of time as you talk to God during each day. Would your friend want to do it again the next day? Would your friend even want to stay your friend? We tend to talk to God in prayer just before dinner, using the same few words, and just before we go to sleep, and probably doze off. You know, the average Christian spends less than 30 seconds praying per day, and barely does so once a day. That's terrible, folks, and God is not glorified, and you can't build a relationship talking with somebody less than 30 seconds a day. We can do a lot better than that. In fact, we need to do so much better that God wants to spend the day with you. And you want that too. God is not a distant, mean, cosmic killjoy, but a near, loving Father who desires a relationship with us. And He wants you to communicate with Him. And you do that through prayer. You may say, I try to pray, but it's awkward and I probably sound really stupid. Well, maybe you do, but it's kind of like talking to your boss. There's a little bit of respect there, maybe a little bit of nervousness, but you talk just like talking to a person, I guess, if you're talking to God, unless you sound like this. And do any of your prayers sound like this? Lord, I just, Lord, want you, Lord, to hear my prayer. Lord, just be with me, Lord, and Lord, just... Make your presence known, Lord, to me. Lord, I want to feel your presence, Lord. 
Father, set me on fire, Father. Just set me on fire. Just give me grace, Lord. And Lord, please bless me, Lord. Seriously? Would you talk to your boss like that? Would your best friend continue to be your best friend if you talked to him like that? Can you imagine that? Jim, Jim, I just, Jim, want to be Jim, your friend, Jim. Just hear me talk to you, Jim. I just want to be with you, Jim. <laughs> That's how you talk to someone you don't know and don't trust. So think about that. God is somebody you should be knowing and trusting. How about, do any of your prayers sound the same time after time? When you pray, does God say, Oh boy, here comes that same old, same old recording again. Well, if you pray like that, you run the risk of God just tuning you out. Just as your friend or your boss would tune you out if you talk like that too. Endeavor to be like Enoch. We learned about Enoch in Genesis 5.24, and also it's in Hebrews 11.5. God enjoyed Enoch's prayers by faith, which is talking to the God that you can't see, as if he could see him standing right there. But God enjoyed Enoch's prayer so much that God must have said something like, I enjoy our communication so much, I want to enjoy your company face to face. So why don't you just come up here and hang out with me? Many did. The Bible says he was not found, which means people looked and looked for him. His prayers were so good, he bypassed death. In Mark 14, 36, when Jesus prayed, he addressed God as Abba, Father, which to us is like saying, Daddy. That has a bit of reverence, but a whole lot of endearing connections of love, trust, openness, and closeness. It actually involves a hug. But that was Jesus. Can we address God as Abba Father? Romans 8.16 says, yes, we can. This is the same verse that adds that the Holy Spirit is there with us, sort of like showing up with his arm around us, going and talking to God as a show of support. The passage also says God considers us his children and joint heirs with Jesus. Wow, that's, that's wonderfully heartwarming. And therefore, we are welcomed in the presence of God just like Jesus is. And you can talk freely just like Jesus does. And that, my friends, is exciting. Because when I realized that a few years ago, that I can talk to God as if talking to a friend or a boss, my prayer life changed and my Christian life changed dramatically for the better. That's what I'm hoping for you too. In our next episode, we will answer these three questions that I'm sure many of you are asking. What does praying do? And should I even bother? My prayers are lame. I need some help. And so how do I pray? So God hears me and answers my prayers. Oh, and what do I pray for? These questions and some more will be answered in our next episode on the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast. Join us then. If you would like to connect or find out a little bit more, please visit me on the web, bluejeanschristian.com. This is Kevin. See you next time.